the kill, and Warner wins the set. Fade away by Moores. In play with Craig Maddock, made possible by the exclusive support of Lake Area Technical College. It is you. Welcome to another edition of In Play. I'm Craig Maddock. Today's guest has had basketball play a major role in his life. Coming from a well-known family name, he's also a member of the USD Basketball Hall of Fame. He's been an assistant coach for the University of Sioux Falls. He's been the head coach of the Sioux Falls Sky Force. And he's coached the USA team in the Pan Am Games. And for over 10 years now, he's been an assistant coach in the NBA in Cleveland, Portland, and now in Orlando with the Magic. He's Nate Tibbetts. Nate, welcome to In Play. Wow. Over 10 years now in the NBA. You know, I know the travel schedule can be brutal. One night you're in Detroit, and the next night you're playing in Orlando. Do you really get a day off in during the NBA season? Yeah, thanks, Craig. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it, it's during the, uh, during the season, it, it gets a little hectic, hectic, uh, thankfully, um, through the NBA seasons, you know, rest has become more important and, uh, you know, our head coach Jamal mostly does a good job of trying to, uh, sneak a, a day out day off or a lockout day in every seven to 10 days. So, you uh, you get a little time away, not much. I think everybody understands in this business that, you know, once the season starts, it's go time. And, uh, you know, thankfully we have families that, that kind of understand it. And uh, the people that you travel with every day and deal with almost become like your second family. And uh, because we miss so much stuff with our own. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I can't believe when, when you start rattling some of that stuff off how long I've actually been coaching now. It's, it's kind of crazy when you step back and, and hear it. Well, I remember when you were uh, helping out Shane Murphy at the University of Sioux Falls, and uh, I would assume that the things you've learned from Shane Murphy or maybe from Dave Yeager with the Sky Force, uh, you don't use any of those techniques anymore. Maybe you do, something you learned more than 10 years ago. Yeah, I, I think you always are learning uh, and taking things from 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 people. Uh, you know, when when I was at Sioux Falls with uh, with uh, Coach Murph, uh, I had spent five years with him at the University of South Dakota. He was our assistant coach under uh, Dave Boots, and uh, both those guys were coaches that I looked up to. And uh, when when Shane made the transition to the University of Sioux Falls is right when I, you know, my eligibility had, had come up. So I got to spend four years at the University of Sioux Falls with Murph. And I think he was 31 or 32 at the time and uh, got to see him come in and kind of put, you know, his fingerprint on how he wanted us to look and what kind of program we wanted to have. And we had a really good run. And I learned a lot from him just mostly, you know, how, how to work every day. And, uh, you know, that was my first transition from going from player to coach. And it was tough at times because a lot of those guys were, were good friends of mine, you know, peers, guys that I played with in high school and even like <laughs> college, you know, now all of a sudden I'm coaching Adam Burdison and, you know, those, a lot of those guys are like, you know, brothers to me. So trying to find that balance between, you know, being a coach from being a player 
you know, I'm, I'm glad that I went through that. And then I learned a lot at that time. You know, you moved to Sioux Falls, um, what is a junior, a junior in high school from Jefferson? Yep. Right before my junior year, I think it was 90, 94. My dad got the, the Roosevelt job. So that, that was the year that we, we made the transition to Sioux Falls. What was that uh, high school play like when you were at Jefferson? I didn't hear uh, a lot of stats coming out of Jefferson when you played down there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Um, so my sophomore year at Jefferson, uh, I, I had played some as a freshman, and my sophomore year, you know, I had a pretty good year. I think we were like 500, and I don't know the numbers. I started, <laughs> and uh, I had a really good year, and, you know, I'd always – dreamed of playing for the <laughs> at Jefferson. Um, but I had also spent a lot of time growing up and playing with guys in Sioux City because we were only four or five miles from, you know, the river and That's right. Uh it was it's kinda weird is like my sophomore year is the year that Jefferson High School split up and uh that was the year that the Jefferson kids went to Elk Point or the, that that summer they were gonna transition <laughs> and then the McCook Lake, North Sioux uh, kids were going to have Dakota Valley. That's right. So I was there during that time. And like, it was, it was kind of crazy. Students were walking out, you know, we weren't going to school a day or two because, you know, a lot of the friendships that we had, we were going to be split up the next year. And, um, after the basketball season, kind of randomly, I went to, uh, the, the Iowa state tournament to watch Sioux city healing. Cause I had had some friends there and, uh, I transferred to Sioux City Healing my sophomore year, the last nine weeks, uh, so I could be eligible my junior year to play for for Doug Moody. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, that, that was that was uh, my first day at Healing. That was kind of like the first time that I had stepped away from the Jefferson thing, and uh, I'll always remember that forever. And what's crazy is, you know, three four weeks after being at Healing. Uh, my dad accepts the <laughs> the Roosevelt job, so I went from Jefferson of you know fifty kids in each class to <laughs> now all of a sudden one hundred and fifty to two hundred in Healing there for nine weeks, and then moved to Roosevelt. But it was a great move for our family, uh, you know, for me individually, just getting to play, you know, with Nate White and John Stevenson. Mm was was a dream come true and uh just to get to play at a better level higher level and see better competition and just be able to train more year round in Sioux Falls was 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 a great step for me I remember that those those years those were the early early years of Roosevelt and Roosevelt basketball was seeing some success early in its in its uh in its life yeah I I think I, I'm not sure, you know, we had just missed when Roosevelt had opened, I think it maybe was a year or two before we got there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Dave Demermuth was, was my high school coach and Bob White was his assistant and those guys did a really good job and, uh, had coached a, a number of high school games and, you know, coach Demermuth, just the way he was a, a player's coach and, um, was able to talk to, to us guys and because he had gone through the same things, you know, just being a good player in South Dakota and playing at Augustana. And then we had, you know, Bob White, who was, was kind of the hammer, the, the guy that, you know, had been through 
state championships and state tournaments. And so, uh, you know, I, I got to learn a lot from, from those two guys for, for two years and had a ton of success. And we won, we won, we won some games. We didn't win the big ones <laughs> that we needed to, but, uh, you know, we created a lot of excitement in Sioux Falls and, uh, you know, still have lasting friendships with, with those guys. Yeah, Sevison uh, was a great scorer. You made him look really good uh, on the court. Well, you... he made me look good. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that, that relationship went way back to when my dad was the coach at South Dakota from 86 to 90. He was the women's coach, and Holly Sevison was coming up at that time, and mm. my dad was recruiting her and, uh, Holly would always tell me about her brother, John. So we started playing three on three tournaments when we were like seventh and eighth graders. And, uh, I always tell him this, I wish he would have stayed and played. He's probably going to be mad at me because I still say it. I wish he would have come to South Dakota with us. Uh, just cause people forget how good he was. Uh, he had a great speed to him. He was you know, he was the younger brother of Holly, so he was always trying to follow in her footsteps, and he was just tough, man. He he really competed, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm happy for him. He had a great career at Colorado State, uh, but I would have loved to play with him for a couple more years, and, and uh, Kyle Red, that would have been a lot of fun. What influence did uh, your dad have on you as a kid playing sports? Maybe it was just basketball, but w- what about playing sports overall? Yeah, uh, a huge impact. You know, we were, uh, both my parents were teachers. When I grew up in Jefferson until I was uh, a fourth grader, you know, right out our back door was the gym. And, uh, you know, we didn't go on vacations in the summer. We did team camps and summer camps. And uh, me being the oldest, you know, I, I don't know, like I just, I was a, a pleaser and I wanted to, follow, you know, follow my dad around. And um, he just had a great way about him. And uh, he just made people feel good about themselves with his vibe and uh, encouraged my brother and I to play in all sports, you know. And uh, he was just just a guy that I looked up to a lot and, uh, and thankful that, you know, I, I got to, to see him on a day-to-day basis and not only as a coach, but just as a dad and, mm-hmm. you know, the things that he instilled in Luke and I, you know, him and my mom, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just very thankful for that. What was it like watching your dad during a game? Because he, he would get <laughs> fairly animated, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Like I, you know, I don't remember having babysitters at that time because we're, you know, growing up in Jefferson and we're out right out the back door to our house is, is the gym. And, uh, you know, in the practices <laughs> and even the games, he would, he would challenge his teams and individuals. And I remember when he would start going in on them at a young age, I think I would run out of the gym and run home cause I was nervous for the girls, you know, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, he always tried to bring out the best in his players. I think his players respected that about him. They knew that he cared and wanted them to get better and was willing to, you know, he was one of those coaches that spent time and opened the gym and gave his his girls, his teams, opportunities to get better. And they bought into him and his program. And, uh, 
but yeah, he had a lot of fire over there. I'm, I'm blessed <laughs> to have a lot of my mom in me. <laughs> and, uh, but he was fiery and passionate and, uh, Certainly was. you know, he loved life. You went to USD, um, pretty good career. And if it wasn't for Josh Mueller, darn it, you'd be number one in steals and <laughs> assists. But uh, that's an, that's another story. Did you have to convince Dave Boots to come to USD, or did he have to convince you to come there? Well, it's, it's uh, I don't know if a lot of kids, it's kind of unfortunate, not more kids you know, in South Dakota grow up wanting to be a coyote. Uh, I was one of them probably because, my dad had coached there, you know, when I was growing up and, uh, you know, I got to see Tim Hatchett and Sam Goodhope and those guys play. And, uh, I always dreamed to play it at, at South Dakota. I just, I didn't never, you know, I was pretty realistic. I didn't ever know if I was going to be good enough. And then we moved to Sioux Falls and, uh, you know, I, I, I really liked Sioux Falls and I was, kind of started leaning towards Augustana and uh, just because, you know, their staff here at town was showing interest in me. And uh, before my senior year, we went down to USD team camp and uh, Coach Boots offered Nate White, John Stevenson and myself all at that team camp individually. And uh, I remember Coach Boots calling us in our office and, you know, we had been longtime friends with Coach Boots when, when he came to USD and, 88 my dad was the women's coach so on his interview he he had stayed with us um but he called (laughs) myself and my dad and my mom mickey in and just told us that he you know he was excited about how i had progressed and gotten better and that he would like to offer us you know offer you a scholarship and we'd love you to come to usd you know you would redshirt your first year and I kind of looked at him, Coach Boots, and I looked at my dad, and he's shaking his head yes. And I, <laughs> I look at my mom, and I, I look at Coach Boots, and I said, can I have a couple days to think about it, Coach? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're playing him. You're and, playing him. And, and my dad said, you don't need any days. You'll take it. <laughs> and I said, Mom, can I get a couple days? And Coach Boots said, you can have a couple days. And I don't think it was 24 hours later I called him back. And, yeah, it was uh, it was a heck of a run, man. It was uh, a ton of fun. Three NCC titles. Yeah, three NCC titles. We had a unbelievable class. I always tell my brother, it's, it's, it's got to be at the top of the list when it comes to classes recruited. You know, I was lucky enough to play with, uh, came in the same year with Nate Blesson, who was MVP of the North Central Conference. Ben Reese, you know, one of the all-time three-point leading shoot, shooters there. Um, and Jeremy Kudera and I both redshirted and uh so yeah it was it was a lot of fun those guys are still some of my uh you know good friends I just talked to to Ben yesterday uh Nate texted me today yeah so we we still got great relationships and we like you said we won a ton of games uh and, and, and had a lot of fun there. And it, 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 it's something that I, I would never want to change. You know, I'm, I'm so glad that I got to experience that. You, you were number two all time for the Coyotes in steals. How, how do you become a player and develop as a player, as a guy who can steal the ball? Did you have to work at that? Or did that just come naturally, uh, right place at the right time? 
What does that mean when you were the leader in steals? What, what does that stat really mean? Well, a couple things worked out for me is once you got in Coach Booth's system, <laughs> you got to play a lot. So, you know, for three and a half years, I, I, I played a ton, so I got a, a very good opportunity. And number two, I got to sit on the top of uh, Coach Booth's zone defense. And uh, <laughs> uh, I just got used to timing and spacing and, and reads. And, you know, luckily for me, Coach Boots gave me the, the opportunity to, to take some chances. And I think just growing up in a gym, you know, your whole life you get a feel for for how the ball goes and moves and the passing of teams. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't say that I was a great defender, but I, I had a good uh, feel for – for shooting gaps and taking chances. And, you know, uh, luckily it, it, it turned out okay for me. You know, Nate, the ladder of being a coach uh, has been very impressive. You know, I mean, you were a young kid right out of USD, uh, being an assistant with Shane Murphy, and then you got the gig as an assistant with Dave Yeager with the Sky Force, and then Tulsa called after you were the head coach of the Sky Force for a couple of years, were things moving fast over that five-year period from when you were at USF to when you went to the Sky Force and then, you know, then Byron Scott calling in, in two, tw- 2012? Yeah. Did that five years go really fast for you? Yeah, you know what? I mean, I don't, I've, I've said this before, but I, I didn't know where I was going to lead to in coaching. You know, I didn't have a dream of coaching in the NBA. I just I, I was enjoying coaching in college. I wasn't making much money. I was getting married, and I was doing basketball workouts on the side. And uh, the more I got into that, the more people I got, and I was building a business. And uh, I was, for whatever reason, I, I kind of stepped away from USF, and I was going to try to build a, a basketball gym and just do a basketball academy. And I had recruited <laughs> Matt Wilbur into coming and helping me and mm. uh we had a good thing going and thank goodness we 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 tried to cut buy a couple buildings and they it fell through and uh i'd probably still be in two falls if that would have happened <laughs> it's weird how that worked out and that september the sky force were was looking for a uh an assistant coach and dave yeager was the head coach and obviously the heineman family uh i had built a relationship with with Mike and, and Greg and um, I had played against Dave's brother Blaine at, at Mankato kind of weird how the if everything lined up but I was given an opportunity that was the last year in the CBA and uh, Dave was a hot name he was making his way up but he was still a young coach mm-hmm. uh, and, and it was a great year for me because it was a complete change from going to college to the you know professional level and uh I learned so much from Dave, just how competitive you need to be and timeouts and just different situations. And then the next year, uh, Dave decided to leave and go back to, to Bismarck. And we, the Sky Force was making the move to the D League. And that's kind of when everything kind of started moving a lot faster for me. Uh, they hired Mo McComb, who is still like a mentor. Uh, father figure to me and you know ever since my dad has passed he's really kind of stepped up and I you know I I love him dearly and uh 
you know, it was great. Like Dave was probably mid thirties and Mo was late fifties, early sixties at that time. So for, to go from one coach, you know, that was trying to get to the NBA and another coach that had, you know, been an interim head coach in the NBA and mm-hmm. coached in the minors and been an assistant for, you know, 10, 15 years in the NBA. It was, it was really good for me to see that because I had always just seen mostly college coaches and, you know, the, both of them were very successful and, but they were both very different. And that was really good for me. And then, you know, after that first year, Mo decided to leave. And, uh, you know, I, w- I don't know if I was ready. <laughs> uh, I, w- I believe I was 29 or 30 at the time. And Mike and Greg Heineman gave me an opportunity to be the head coach of the Sky Force at that time. And, uh, you know, it was kind of just learning on the fire and uh, throwing in the fire and, let's let's figure this thing out and uh you know i wouldn't be here today definitely with without that experience nate what was tougher those first few years you were the head coach dealing with the personalities of your team off-court issues or was it more the x's and the o's of ball games i think your first year it's, it's a little bit of everything you know those some of those guys that i was coaching were my age um some of it is you're trying to figure out you know your belief system i didn't really have a style of play that i wanted to do i i I just didn't know how to approach it you know uh i thought i did and uh it was very challenging you know as the beauty is like my dad always used to say is as an assistant coach you get to make suggestions as a head coach you got to make decisions and you know, when you make decisions, especially at this level, it's affecting people's livelihoods. And, uh, you know, that, that stuff keeps you up at night. And, uh, that was tough. That was tough. My wife probably still remembers me tossing and turning <laughs> my first couple of years as a head coach, you know, just the stress that you put on yourself and, you know, you want to, you want to try to do things the right way and you're trying to figure it out, but you don't have the experience to get it done. Uh, but I'm so thankful for those, you know, timeouts and the teams and the, the guys challenging me to, to be better. Uh, I know now when I'm talking to Terry Stott, you know, who I was with for eight years, or now Jamal Mosley, who's a first-time head coach who's doing a hell of a job here. You know, I haven't sat in their shoes in the NBA game, but, you know, you've, you've had to prepare for practices and you've you've had to stand in front of your team in the locker room after a tough loss. And, you know, that's experience. And I I think when you're talking to your head coach, when I talk to Jamal, I I don't try to throw anything too crazy at him. You know, like I'm always thinking, you know, how, how did I handle that? Or, you know, is, is, does he need to hear this or not? And so uh, those experiences and those, two years a head coach in Sioux Falls and two years as a head coach in Tulsa were, were very beneficial mm-hmm. for me. Um, you know, cause there's nothing like being a head coach. You're then jumped to the NBA 2012 Byron Scott's in Cleveland. What was that first NBA game like sitting on the bench? Yeah, it was, it was kind of surreal cause I had coached five games in the D league that year and then the lockout ends. Uh, the NBA lockout, and so everyone kind of, you know, goes to Cleveland kind of quickly, but I was the new guy. They were a new staff the year before. One of their assistants had left, and uh, 
yeah, I, I was behind the bench. I didn't really know, you know, what I was doing. Uh, Jamal Mosley was on that staff, and uh, I got to know him well. You know, my one of my main responsibilities, we had just drafted Kyrie Irving. And so, uh, you know, in the NBA, you're kind of, uh, work with a guy one-on-one on a day-to-day basis and you know he was the number one pick so that was a you know a, a big challenge for me uh just you know you're learning to deal with a, a future all-star hall of fame type player on a day-to-day basis and you know my first year so that was that was that was a lot of fun and yeah sitting up <laughs> sitting behind the bench and uh, you know, not knowing for sure if that was ever something that you were going to do, and now you're kind of living a dream. That was a special time. All those NBA stars running up and down the court, you're watching them. You're you're right there with them. And uh, how long did you have the deer in the headlight look? <laughs> yeah, I think the first I think the first time for me is when I was doing a scout, maybe a week or two in, and um, I'm in the video room and. I'm trying to prepare the team because it's my scout and I'm, I'm telling Antoine Jamison, who's a 20,000 point scorer, how to guard Kevin Garnett. (laughs) 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 And, uh, I think that's when it kind of hit me like, Whoa, this is, this is, this is weird. But, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, man. Uh, The thing that's great about the NBA is, uh, these guys want to be coached every day. They want to get better. They know, um, you know, most of them, and I, I really appreciate that, and that's what, you know, makes it so much fun. An assistant at Cleveland, then you go to Portland. You know, the last couple, you were there eight years in Portland. The last couple of yep. years, they elevated you as the associate head coach. What was the change in your job description, and what did that mean those last two years in Portland? Yeah, uh, I had, we had a heck of a run in, in Portland. Uh, Terry Stotts was the head coach. It's kind of weird. My first year as a head coach with the Sky Force, uh, the, the NBA D-League had hired a coaching consultant. Terry Stotts was out of a job, and uh, he was the coaching consultant. And so I built a little bit of a relationship with him. And, um, you know, he, he helped me grow as a head coach uh, during that time and as uh, I went there, I think when I was hired, I was probably the third assistant. And as time goes, you know, we had a lot of success. So Jay Triano left uh, our bench and went somewhere else. David Vanderpool left and went somewhere else. And I, I just kind of made a natural progression. And, uh, you know, thankfully they, you know, they gave me the opportunity to be the associate head coach and, you know, uh, just with the experience and, you know, I don't know if that much changes from your, your job day to day besides the title. Um, but I'm super appreciative of, of the time that, you know, I got to be in Portland and get to see Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum grow as players and as men. It's, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, we had some great times. My wife and I lived there longer together than we did at, in, in Sioux Falls. So Portland will always be a special place for us. What do you bring as a coach in the NBA? Yeah, I, I think I, I just bring a good energy uh, to the staff and to the team. Um, I'm the same guy every day. You know, the beauty of being an assistant coach is every day the guys are pretty happy to see you because you don't have to make the decision of, you know, when they're coming in and out of the game. And now, uh, as I 
continue to spend more time in the NBA. I'm gaining experience. And so I think with experience, hopefully you're gaining knowledge and uh, talking about situations that you've been through. You know, uh, we've got some young guards here. Uh, one of the guys, Jalen Suggs, I get to work with on a day-to-day basis. And, mm. you know, I can tell him, like, hey, when I was in Tulsa, Russell did this. And, you know, Kyrie's first year, he struggled with this. And this is how I saw Damian grow as a man and as a player and how he worked and how he held his players accountable. So I think um, probably just, you know, my spirit on a day-to-day basis, I've got, you know, D-League coaching, head, head coaching experience. And now uh, I've got some years behind me and, uh, you know, been, been around some, some, some really good head coaches. A couple of more questions for Nate. Um, you've interviewed for head coaching jobs. What were those times like? Yeah, um, th- those were great experiences. Uh, obviously, someday I would love to be a to be a head coach in the NBA. Uh, I, I've read Becky Hammond's quotes. You know, it's it's you know just because you get an interview doesn't mean that like you're one of going to be one of the finalists. Sometimes they've got an idea what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. There's only thirty of them, uh, and it's the best of the best. And uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm growing. Uh, I feel like I've improved in some of my, you know, it's, it's not like every day you practice doing interviews. So having a presence and your approach and all those things, those matter. And uh, yeah, I'm thankful. Uh, hopefully I, I get another opportunity or two to interview for a job, but if not, uh, I love being a, an assistant uh, and uh, getting to try to help uh, a, a, you know, a new head coach here and, coach mostly that's got a really bright future and what would your dad think of you today nate (laughs) yeah he'd be proud he'd be proud yeah for sure uh he'd be at every game you know he'd be he'd be at every game that you're at yeah yeah my brother and i giggle about that uh (laughs) he he was around he would introduce himself as everybody to everybody and (laughs) have you know his presence be known that's just he was the guy when he walked in the room, you, you knew he was there. And, uh, yeah, that's probably the, the toughest thing, you know, just, uh, how, how he would view it. And, uh, probably even more than that, just him being a grandparent to my kids and my brother's kids, you know, that's the thing that's, that's probably the toughest. Could you see yourself coaching uh, your daughters down the road? <laughs> I, I joke around, uh, you know, we, We've got a place in Platt, South Dakota, that we try to get back to quite a bit. We don't get there as much as we'd like, but uh, uh, they're three and a half. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I, I, I'll be old by then, but uh, yeah, I would love it. I mean, whatever they decide to do, you know, like most parents say, uh, we're going to support them. And uh, luckily, you know, I have a, a really good coach's wife and Lindsay, and uh, you know, she she's not in a hurry. I think she's kind of enjoying this ride and, you know, part of it is she has to feel comfortable and she's really good at meeting friends where at whatever city we're in. And so we're, we're really looking forward to our run here in Orlando and we'll see what happens, man. It's a, it's a crazy league, Craig. <laughs> in play with Craig Mavic made possible by the exclusive support of Lake area technical college. It is you. If you like what you're hearing, 
please give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us gain new listeners. This has been In Play with me, Craig Maddock. This is a production of South Dakota Public Broadcasting.